All right, it is week 18 of the NBA season. Um, however, as we mentioned last week, we're still now in week 17 of the NBA fantasy season. So we have split and uh, we're in that extended all-star week of fantasy basketball. I'm Scott Keller. He's Steve St. Pierre. You are now streaming episode 36, season two of Menace Podman, your NBA and fantasy basketball podcast. Um, just off the bat, schedule, just a reminder going into this Last weekend here of the All-Star break, two-week combined fantasy week, Memphis and Miami only have one game here over the weekend in this this later part. So we talked about that, though, uh, not extensively, but quite well over the last episode. So if you missed that, you can check the last episode as we talk about that and those plans for that. But other than that, I get nothing off the top, and I think we'll just hop into the first thing. Name on your paper, first thing. So first thing we actually, uh, this news kind of came out, I, maybe even you know before last week, but I think we noticed it last week. I know you sent me a tweet, and uh, former NBA player Scott Pollard, mm-hmm. who I played with a few different teams. Obviously, our Detroit Pistons. He was with. Yeah, for a while. started his career here. Um, I remember him a lot watching college basketball with the, the Jayhawks and Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now he was with Sacramento. Cleveland for a little bit, Boston. Yeah, he, his last season was uh, the championship team, the Boston Celtics. There you go. 2008. So, yeah, he's, uh, I don't know, everybody knows Scott Pollard, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if you know basketball, you know who Scott Pollard is. He's um, on Survivor. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So you don't even have to know basketball. <laughs> Forgot yeah. about that. The 32nd yeah. season of Survivor. But, uh, yeah, what he placed eighth being the ninth person voted off just in case you're curious um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways uh so yeah not to get into too much detail but uh his wife was actually kind of detailing this on you know kind of every day giving not every day but very often giving updates on twitter or x and uh he contracted what he, he needed a ended up needing a heart transplant here just recently uh, because of a virus he caught back in 2021 i don't think i know exactly what virus that is probably not that important but um obviously damaged his heart um and he needed transplant i know he was having a difficult find i I mean it's a difficult time um it's difficult to find heart transplants as it is but then i know um based on his size um he had a larger heart um so it was harder to find a larger heart also to replace it um but i guess he just found that had that transplant just recently it sounds like everything is you know going well so far as far as recovery is concerned um everything you watch so looking at pictures and there's some small videos and stuff like that he's uh in great spirits so yeah um, no surprise there yeah no he uh yeah i don't know he he just turned 49 but he's Obviously, stuff happens, and um, yeah, no, he's doing well, and uh, he's in our thoughts, and should be in everybody else's, and we hope he continues to have a wonderful recovery. Yeah, he was one of the best personalities in the NBA, and um, he's done a lot of broadcasting and stuff, you know, post-playing career. Um, I remember him when he was a rookie on the Pistons. He was a lot of fun to watch, and um, I remember after the Pistons, that's when he started doing all these different hairstyles when he had like the mohawk, the ponytail, the man bun. Yep. Um, then he went completely bald for a while. <laughs> so, yeah, just a really cool guy. And and in terms of basketball, like just a good high energy guy off the bench. I remember him, especially on those Sacramento teams. You know, he was part of the bench mob. And, uh, you know, just a lot of fun to watch. And again, that personality. God, I neglected saying uh, Indiana. He was the Pacers as well for a little few years. Yeah, that's true. Pass that up. But, um, yeah, no, he was fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing else to say on that. You got anything else there? <laughs> yeah, just like you said, glad to see that, you know, he's doing well, seems to be in great spirits, you know, just it's awesome. Um, another random topic. I just saw this actually earlier uh, today before we uh, get on here to record mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the bulls, the no, they're apparently the no bull tour is coming out. I don't know if this is just like a go around, 
tour to different venues and talk. But anyway, Scotty Pippen, Horace Grant, and Luke Longley are embarking on a noble tour to basically share their perspectives on the last dance story um, and their experiences of playing with bulls in the nineties. Um, this doesn't interest me really at all, <laughs> but yeah, it's they've already, they've been very vocal about, you know, what they thought of the last dance and, you know, they, you know, especially Pippin and Grant, they didn't like how they were kind of, you know, portrayed in that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I don't blame them for, you know, I mean, milk to... it, right? I think it's funny though. That they're yeah. Gonna be like, yeah, we don't like it, but we're going to make some more money off of it. Right. Yeah. And, so. you, and there are fans, especially, you know, like Bulls fans, you know, people are going to pay money and, and want to see it and check it out. But uh, yeah, like you said, <laughs> no other interest. Yeah. I sometimes I feel like I need to go back and watch the last dance um, episodes again because or series or whatever you want to call it. Um, because I remember when I watched it, I only watched it once and I watched it straight through. And I think we talked about it actually on a podcast back when it came out. Um, and I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good, but, but maybe I wasn't focusing on the right stuff. Um, and I don't know. I, I thought it was good. I, I know it got kind of, to me, it got kind of boring towards the end. I felt like it was drawn out because wasn't it like, 10 episodes or something like that. Yeah. And keep in mind, it came out during the pandemic when again, you know, there wasn't anything else really going on. So yeah, yeah. people were over that know, drawn into it for that reason. They picked a good time to finally, you know, put it out there and they were, they said that they were going to um, wait or something. But then when that happened, they were like, all right, let's go ahead and put it out there now because nobody else can watch anything else. It'll draw a lot of attention. And it was a good move in that regard, but, yeah, you know, uh, I'm more of a Pistons guy myself. I like the uh, Bad Boys documentary a little bit more, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm biased. So, well, yeah, no, if it interests you, there you go. It's out there. I mean, I guess it's somewhat interesting. Sometimes you get some more more takes on things, but yeah, I think we got enough in today's day and age. <laughs> Yep. All right, so those are a couple first things, and I'm just going to hop into the WNBA update right now and take care of that here. Here's the dub date. So I don't have too much news here, but there is obviously some big news. Um, one thing I saw, this was yesterday, I believe, so that would be Tuesday the 20th. Um, I saw this come out from the Dallas Wings, uh, so fantasy-related here. Yeah. Uh, Satu Sabali underwent shoulder shoulder procedure. Uh, well, I guess that was on Tuesday. So that afternoon, um, no timeline is set for her return. Um, you had just sent me through text as the uh, uh, the new uh, fantasy rankings. I believe it just come out in ESPN. So it was like top seventy five rankings. I think she was number seven on there. Um, obviously, we don't know what impact that has. Um, yeah, we gotta hope that. Yeah, we gotta hope that she recovers in time for training camp and stuff because otherwise you got to think she's going to get bumped down the rankings a little bit till we get like you said more of a specific timetable for her return exactly and that could and obviously if she doesn't come back on schedule or for the beginning of the season that's going to impact a bunch of other players um yeah other dallas wings uh arike to name one, but there's, there's many that we could look at. So yeah, there, we still have three months to go before the start of the season. So that's a good thing. You know, the timing, hopefully she can make a full recovery and be good to go. I think the fact that I haven't seen any other news and I haven't been searching for it, obviously, but usually it just <laughs> comes to me through, through Twitter based on what I'm searching. And I saw the one tweet from the Dallas wings, you know, official tweet. Yeah. That was that. So no, no really other talk about it. So maybe and like not- I said, ESPN's app, they usually put that stuff out there and there was nothing as of now. Yeah. So maybe so. it's just a, because it's WNBA and people don't care as much or, <laughs> or maybe because they were so busy working on the rankings that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You never know. You know, I don't know. even know how they – I'd like to know how who puts those rankings together and how they put them together because sometimes I feel like they're just people using last year's stats and being like, oh, this looks pretty good. Who's <laughs> the one guy? There's like a main guy at ESPN that covers the fantasy WNBA stuff, and I, I've got his – I can see his face in my mind, but I can't think of his yeah, name. Yeah, I think I know you're talking about. I don't I don't know his name either because um, I – during the year, he'll have you know little snippet videos of you know daily – things he's talking about but i can't remember who that is but i don't know 
we'll have to reach out to him maybe <laughs> you never know um so that's out there that's big another big thing is there was trade um with the chicago sky um they uh, had a trade with la players and picks not really too significant here however the chicago sky obtained the eighth overall pick um that's significant because now I can't, jeez, oh, I don't remember the number. I had it written down here. But they have three picks in the draft, this upcoming draft. I think in the top 15. I think they have three, eight, and 15 maybe or something like that. Um, so obviously a lot of, you know, changes can be made to their roster. They've been making trades in the offseason and things like that. Um, you know, Kalia Copper, obviously one we talked about the other week, uh, no longer there. So um, they have spots to fill. And uh, those draft picks could be very helpful. The number three overall pick could be very, very helpful. Um, yeah. As obviously we would think Caitlin Clark would go number one. There's a few people like uh, you know, Cameron Brink, you know, people like that. Uh, but another person that was thought maybe to be projected at number three was Paige Beckers of UConn. Um, Paige Beckers just came out last week and announced that she is returning for her fifth season at Connecticut. So she is not entering the draft. Um, and that, probably is the worst news for Chicago <laughs> and the sky. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it sucks for them. Um, but I would only imagine that, you know, I don't know Paige Beckers personally, but I know she's competitive. I know she likes being awesome and <laughs> being the best at what she does. <laughs> and I would assume a lot of this, you know, being overshadowed by Caitlin Clark for an entire season or more yeah. um, probably has something to do with her returning. So for sure. No, that's a good call. Um, Andre Snellings was the guy I was thinking of ESPN. Okay. Yeah. That might not have been the name I was thinking of, but I guess I don't even know. Kevin Pelton, I think was the other one that I kept seeing. Hmm. So probably one of those two guys, but who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah. So that covers the WNBA update. Not too much stuff, but significant stuff. So, yeah, so that's the first couple topics, and I know now uh, we got the fantasy playoffs quickly approaching, what, we're only, what, three weeks away, I believe? Uh, yeah, right, it depends depending. on your league, yep. yep. And uh, and that's exactly what you want to talk about, some, some settings for fantasy playoffs. Yeah, so first of all, um, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of the year. Um, my preference in my league was to begin our head-to-head fantasy playoffs um, after this upcoming, after this week. So basically, you know, Monday, um, you know, we come back from all-star break, you know, today's the last day of all-star break, um, tomorrow, February 22nd, the games start back up, uh, finish out the rest of this week and then immediately go into the fantasy playoffs. But for some weird reason on Yahoo, they wouldn't let you begin your fantasy playoffs until after next week. And you and I reached out to Yahoo and they actually ghosted us, so that yep. wasn't cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, and we talked all about how, for me personally, I like to start the fantasy playoffs right after All Star break. You know, come back, finish up that you know two week matchup or whatever, and then immediately go into the playoffs because then it allows you to end your fantasy playoffs right before the start of March Madness. And I love just wrapping everything up with fantasy so that you can just focus on March Madness and not have to, you know, juggle the two of them together. Um, you know, we've talked all about how the longer you go into the fantasy season, um, the more silly stuff you'll have to, you know, kind of navigate around all the, you know, players resting and teams jockeying for position and, and doing all this crazy stuff. And, you know, these weird kind of obscure players emerging and just, you know, not having to deal with that as much. It just, it makes it a lot better in my opinion. Um, so that's the first thing I wanted to put out there. The other thing too is, um, you know, just to kind of piggyback on that. I think that all sites should let you customize your playoffs to when they should start and how many teams are in it. I know um, if we wanted to, in my league, we could have set it to where, Instead of six teams, we always do six teams for the playoffs. We could have changed it to four teams, and then it would have still ended on St. Paddy's Day, which is also um, Selection Sunday this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want to make it four teams, and I, it still wouldn't, in any case, it wouldn't let you begin until after next week. So, 
that's really annoying. I think all sites, you know, should have the technology and the capability to allow you to customize your playoffs any way you want to. So um, that's something that I'm going to suggest for uh, the different sites and stuff, you know, moving forward. So hopefully we'll see some changes, you know, in that, in that regard. Um, the other thing though, I wanted to just, you know, kind of put out a couple suggestions of how people should do their fantasy playoffs in head to head leagues. Um, we talked about this before. I think you should lock eliminated teams. I think it just kind of makes it a little more fair to the teams that are still actually competing to be able to kind of have, you know, first dibs on the available players and stuff. Um, you know, when you're making your pickups every day or whatever, and then um, you and I have both talked in the past about how we're not really big on setting a lot of roster limits and stuff, but I do think that it's important to have some kind of limitations for the playoffs just to make it um, more fair and more balanced. So you don't have like one team that, you know, is making a bunch of moves and then another team that's maybe a little bit better and, and, and a little bit healthier and they have less guys that they want to drop. So they're not able to make as many moves and then it kind of just sways things a little bit. So uh, and actually in my league, you know, for the longest time, we didn't have any kind of roster limits. And so it was just kind of a free for all. Um, and a lot of my buddies kind of spoke up and said, Hey, you know, we should set some limits. I was a little apprehensive on that at first, but you know, now that we've done it the past few years, I've really liked it. I think it does make it more fair and balanced and it just leads to a little more strategy too. So it kind of makes it even more fun. Um, you know, so I do think it's important to set roster limits, but with flexibility. You know, you and I talked last year about how in my league we do um, revolving ad drop slots, um, but you can also do things like you know setting a games cap. You know, even in your head-to-head leagues, you could just set like an unofficial games cap. Like you could tell teams, hey, you know, make whatever moves you want to make, but you can't exceed um, sixty-six games or sixty-eight yep. games or seventy, whatever you want to set the number to. Um, or, you know, uh, we've talked about in Yahoo, they have IL plus. I'm not a big fan of IL plus cause I think you can, you know, take advantage of that, but, mm-hmm. um, that's another opportunity to be able to have flexibility for when guys are out, you can move them and pick up other guys who are playing in their place. Um, but that's just, the, that's the other thing I was going to suggest too, is just, you know, make sure that you allow for players who sit to be replaced in the lineup. So whether you're using IL plus or you can use waivers, you know, we've talked all about how, you know, you have the ability to turn waivers on, but then just use waivers as a way to allow teams to drop players without anyone else being able to pick those guys up. And that's what we do in my league. I really like it. I really recommend it. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to put this stuff out there because you know, this is a stressful time in fantasy, um, you know, everybody loves doing head to head leagues, but then when the playoffs start, you know, it gets pretty chaotic. And like we said, especially if you wait and start your playoffs, you know, in March and the later in March you go, the more stressful it's going to be, because we're just going to see more and more guys resting or even getting shut down. And then we're going to see other guys coming up, you know, who probably have no business being fantasy pickups, <laughs> Um, yeah, and they're going to, and they're going to be the ones who dictate, you know, who winds up winning these leagues. I would say too, that a lot of the topics that you bring, bring up and that I, I agree with all of them, by the way. Um, but a lot of those settings and topics that you're thinking about, especially, um, uh, limits, you know, add drop limits and move limits and things like that aren't such, I believe they're, I shouldn't say aren't a factor, but they're not as much as a factor if you don't wait longer to have your fantasy playoffs. Like exactly. Yeah. So if you're doing that now, I don't think those really even come up as much or as or are as big as an issue. But yeah. I think, yeah, there's definitely a fine line between making an advantage of somebody being active. And this happens all year, right? Not just playoffs, but having the advantage of somebody being active on you know with their rosters and just being engaged with their teams versus like having it not be completely fair <laughs> minus like being able yeah. to manipulate things to your favor so yeah, so, yeah. Oh, th- those are great points as well and it, it's all about balance and that's where again you know we talked in the fantasy 101 episode go back and listen to that if you haven't checked it out but we talked all about the importance of communicating as a league and everybody, the commissioner and, you know, all the other team managers, you know, coming together and agreeing on rules and agreeing on any changes you make. And, 
you know, any adjustments you, you make in the settings moving forward, you know, just come together, communicate and make sure that everybody's on the same page. Yep. Agreed. Talking about being on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, I forgot to mention, I, I, I don't want to talk about this forever, but I, I I missed it before I was going to do this a little bit earlier. Obviously the all-star game was, you know, earlier, or yeah, but less than a week ago, a lot of stuff coming out of from that. A lot of news and gossip and tweets and everybody's bullshit. Yeah, most of it is bullshit. Um, I mean, I guess the the only thing I guess I was curious. I we may have talked about this a little bit in the past because obviously we always talk about how we don't care about the All Star Game anyway. No, there's a few things no. that we care about. Um, I think it's the skills competitions, and even those are getting messed up too but yeah i um, saw the highlights i didn't watch any of it i just i i caught the highlights the steph and sabrina shootout was fantastic it's the only th- and i said it last you, week i said did. the only thing i want to watch is that mm-hmm. and that was the only thing i did i turned it on just for that just to watch that yeah. and um and then i looked there was a tweet actually that came out that said you know the the nba all-star game weekend and festivities and everything was the like second lowest only to like last year or something in the longest time or whatever. So it was super low. There's like an increase from last year, but that was yeah. it. that doesn't mean much because last year no. sucked too. Um, but then there was a, a spike exactly when the Steph Sabrina <laughs> shootout was. So I wasn't the only one that was doing this. So no, no, it was um, a great idea. Um, hopefully they'll do stuff like that, you know, more often moving forward, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, even the that, rest of it all sucks. Even that created controversy with people talking about what Kenny Smith was, you know, talking about on the yeah. broadcast and all this crap. And I obviously it was probably not the you, people can misconstrue things that you're saying and not completely understand where you're coming from. And I, I saw, I can't remember who he was talking to, but I saw a video of him talking to somebody else. It I might have been Stephen A. Interview. Smith. Yeah, actually. I was about to say he did an interview with Stephen A. So, um, and him. he was clarifying what he was saying and what he was saying yeah. was, I mean, it was spot on. I know what he was trying to say, but obviously in today's day and age, everybody turns around. And especially the thing about the saying that Steph has the, you know, the advantage because of where he's shooting from and they're both shooting from the NBA line, which is completely true. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. shoots everything yeah. not from there. And then people were, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Reggie Miller or something saying, well, she shoots from everywhere behind that line. Like <laughs> she still shoots those. She proved, I mean, obviously she can shoot. So, um, yeah that wasn't in the question. And then, you know, people would talk about the ball being smaller and all this crap, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous talk, but I think the biggest thing is how I, the thing I kept seeing was, you know, what can they do to improve the all-star game and make it competitive and all that stuff. And I mean, my, my feelings are you just, I mean, you pretty much just scrap it. I, I responded to somebody on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but I was like, why not just embrace the NFL model? Like NFL has the Pro Bowl and they do it, you know, before, right before the Super Bowl, right? The week in between, because there's that week to kill. Like, why not with the NBA have an all-star game after the NBA finals or right before the NBA finals? You don't have to include the two championship teams. Um, You don't have to do that. And just make it almost irrelevant as far as competition and just embrace that. Like, I think it's a fantastic idea because I think a lot of these guys are worried now, and especially because they're making so much money, they're worried about getting hurt or, you know, doing something that's going to jeopardize the rest of their season. Whereas if you do it at the end of the year, they've got the whole off season to recover. And I'm not saying that that means that they're going to go all out and, you know, and, and, you know, some of the players have brought up, well, you know, if you paid us a little bit, but, and that, no. that comment, too, drove me nuts, too, because yeah, like, you're same. already getting paid bonuses exactly. to be named to exactly. the All-Star game. So Someone I'm like, posted highlights from the 1993 All-Star game, and it just kept showing how hard they were playing at both yep. ends and, you know, you know, all the defense and stuff and just, you know, the competition. And, you know, those guys weren't making nearly as much money as the players that are, you know, playing now. And you didn't have any kind of additional stuff like they just were natural competitors, you know, and I think having it at the end of the year would help bring some of that out. But in any case, you know, I just think that, you know, guys would be more willing to play a little bit harder knowing that, you know, if something happens, they've got more time to recover. They're not going to have to worry about necessarily missing any other games. Um, You know, and it just, and because it's at the end of the year, you know, it's their last chance to play these guys in a real game, you know, that's televised and everything. 
you know, with an audience and everything, it's their last chance before the, the, you know, off season. So that yeah. might entice more guys to not only play, but be more into it when they're on the court and not just trying to, you know, shoot threes, uncontested threes and get dunks, layups, you know, all uncontested. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I'm, tough. It's an all-star game. You still, you know, I was watching highlights of the game and, you know, I like seeing some of the passes and, and, you know, just these guys that their abilities to shoot now, you know, and just the fact that they could pull up from almost half court, like it's nothing. But yeah. I, yeah, there's some impressive things. I just, I, well, I, I go to like every other really sport bad. too. Like what sport is there an all-star game that anybody cares about? I don't, it doesn't exist. And I yeah. don't think it's really ever existed. And maybe that's just me, but I, even when it was competitive, like you're talking about 93 highlights where it was really cool, like stuff like that. I didn't care about that. I just tuned in to watch the three-point competition and the slam dunk competition. That's I wanted, all I wanted to ask to you about baseball because I know you're a big baseball guy. You know, I, I feel like, baseball's all-star stuff you know i think that's probably like i feel like that gets the most positive feedback but it's from home fans. run derby it's home run derby that's yeah it. i think it's the one thing that's why i'm saying it's like slam dunk competition home run derby i nobody usually, the rest of it is just you don't yeah. think it's really no no i think it's all stupid and irrelevant the only thing with <laughs> baseball is there's i probably shouldn't say that because especially from a pitcher standpoint, but I feel like there's less chance of injury, just the, of the, the nature of the game. Yeah. So maybe that makes it better. But even I saw, I don't know if it was Shem's saying this was his idea or not, but they were saying, um, cause in the past or just recently MLB baseball, all-star game, the winner of the all-star game got home field advantage in the world series. Yeah. Insane. Absolutely insane. People Nobody have should brought ever that, that up. So yeah, I've know, seen that. For years. That is, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> do not yeah. do that. I I pray. Because um, then that takes out the significance of having a best record in the regular season. I hate Agreed. that. That's, and that's how it, many of those players are playing in the finals, you know? Yeah. And they talk it's not about, fair to those other guys. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's interesting because now, now that I think back, too, because we just had the in-season tournament, right? And there's talk about the in-season tournament winner getting an automatic bid into the, you know, into the, the playoffs. And then there was the game that didn't matter in the beginning of the year, pretty much. And people played normally. Like, you know, like it was a competitive yeah. NBA game that didn't really matter. So, I don't know. I, I can't I can't really put my finger on it to sort of find out what's different between the All-Star game and that in-season tournament championship game doesn't really make sense yeah no that's a great point just thought of that <laughs> yeah anyways i could go on forever about stuff but yeah i don't think there's really any way to fix it and giving them more money on top of the money they're already getting just to make them play harder yeah that's I, that should I saw be somebody answer. say they should have bonuses and on those bonuses if you if a team scores over 150 all the bonuses go away i was like who, who made up that <laughs> idea that's stupid because then one you each team would just get to let's say it's the third quarter and it's 149 149 just take you know <laughs> shot clock violations every single yeah. play and don't shoot so they can get their bonuses right? exactly I mean, there's ways around all this shit so, yep yep um regardless i don't know i think it's I think it's just a waste. I don't. I don't think there's any way to get around it. I think you just somewhat, like I said, embrace the fact that it's not going to be competitive. Move it somewhere different, and uh, or just don't have it all together. Do something. I think else. make it more like the Pro Bowl. I think that's the next, you know, yeah. logical step. You know, try that out, and if it still sucks after that, then like you said, yeah. just scrap the whole thing. I mean, they literally were like, "We're going to play flag football now instead because we know it's not going to be competitive, right? It's not going to be the yeah. same as a real game." So, yep, that's exactly with it or i saw dan bespris put out some tweet he goes i've had this idea for a long time he's like you you have all this like fan interaction or you make it like a reality show with money falling from the sky to the players and so or like they'd hit certain trick shots and fans at home would win stuff like i mean i think that's what you have to do you got to make it crazy like it sounds like that idea is insane but it's not like you just have to make it something completely new to keep people yeah. interested Anyways, <laughs> all right, I, I'll get off my uh, soapbox here for a minute, but <laughs> yeah, lots of, lots of improvements can be in, but yeah. anyways, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll get into the uh, injuries, transactions, uh, some ideas for pickups and uh, look at a certain team 
in New York a little bit further. <laughs> All right, when we nice come back. Tease. Hey, this is Steve from Menace Podman. Scott and I have been having a blast creating our podcast. I can't tell you how much we look forward to recording days and providing amazing NBA content to our listeners every week. It's hard work, but with the right software, it's a lot easier. We use Podcastle to seamlessly edit and create production quality sounding podcasts. Podcastle is now equipped to record audio and video and distribute to all the places podcasts are found. You can find a link directly in the show notes to Podcastle. So if you're a podcaster or future podcaster, go check out Podcastle. All right, welcome back. Um, we will waste no time. We'll jump right back into this with uh, Steve's news notes. Yeah, we'll go ahead and start with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, that's the team that we teased heading to the break. Um, coaching change. Jock Vaughn has been fired as head coach of the Nets and Kevin Ollie was promoted as interim head coach of the Nets. And uh, I think this is a big move. I think this is something that could have a major impact in fantasy. Um, you know, Ali came out and said that he's just going to play the guys who are playing the hardest. And so to me, I'm a little worried about guys like Nick Claxton. Um, you know, they've come out and said that they value him and that they view him as a long-term guy, but, He's an unrestricted free agent this summer. So, I mean, there's a real good chance that he could leave. And because of that, I think he's a shutdown risk. You know, I think he's a huge shutdown candidate. If anything happens to him, I don't think his agent's going to want him to be playing on something that could be, you know, potentially a long-term injury. Um, you know, we're going to see how it goes here in the next, uh, you know, handful of games because they're still – close enough to the play-in tournament but I mean if they go on another losing streak they might start shutting people down and so because of that you know I've got a lot of guys on their roster who I've kind of you know added as like a watch list kind of guy or just somebody to kind of monitor um the first guy that I wanted to bring up is Dayron Sharp I think uh, specifically um with Claxton if there's any kind of news on him being day to day or not playing or anything, I think Dayron Sharp's a guy who would be a must add. I kind of compare him to like Isaiah Jackson's situation with the Pacers, you know, with Miles Turner. You know, Jackson's that guy that like any time that Turner goes down, Jackson's usually the guy that steps in and starts or plays big minutes and plays pretty well. You know, I think Sharp's the same kind of guy. You know, I think he's a guy that, you know, has a really good like fantasy game. You know, he can score. Um, you know, he's a good defender, rebounder, he can shoot. Um, so yeah, I just, I think he's a really strong per minute guy. So because of that, he's got a ton of upside. So I think, uh, Sharp's a guy who belongs on all watch lists right now. And I think if you're a team that's searching for, a, you know, an extra big man, you know, especially if you're a team that's like, you know, clearly ahead of the pack and you can afford to sit on somebody, or if you're just looking for like a a random player to just kind of pick up now to get ahead of the pack. He could be a guy to just, you know, pick up right now and just kind of see how it goes the next week or two here um, with Ali at the helm. And um, if anything, like I said, at the very least, just put him on a watch list. Um, I would say the same thing about um, maybe a Dennis Smith jr. You know, we talked about now how um, Dennis Schroeder is with the mm -hmm. nets. And um, I think he'll probably start, the majority of the games at point guard, uh, Ben Simmons, we have no idea what the hell, you know, he's going to be doing or what they're going to be doing with him. He's a guy that could play any night or could just, you know, sit out the rest of the season on any given day. So um, you can't really count on him. Um, you and I have talked about a guy who we both like uh, Cam Johnson. He's had a really down year this year and, you know, just very underwhelming. And he's a guy that I think if he doesn't come out, if he's not healthy, I think he'll sit, but if he is healthy, he needs to be a hundred percent dialed in and come out with the effort. Cause I think he might be one of the guys that Ali was, you know, kind of attributing to not playing their hardest and not, you know, trying as hard like that, you know, those guys, if there's any kind of question about someone's, you know, effort or lack thereof, you know, I think they'll sit him. So he's a guy that I'm worried about. 
Um, I'm worried about Cam Thomas. You know, I'm I'm not a huge Cam Thomas guy in fantasy. I think yeah. he's just more or less a scorer. And he's another say, guy that wrote you know, That's about it. <laughs> yeah, like points leagues, points yeah. leagues, um, you know, DFS. But again, we don't know what the rotation's gonna look like here this next week or so. Um, so this is a team that I'm I'm gonna be watching really closely. Um, I'm gonna be watching the minutes. And um, yeah, like I said, just trying to get ahead of the pack on some of these guys. There aren't really any other names that I think we need to mention as for My, sure. I've got, this is not a for sure, but this is just a spec speculative, like just keep your eye on the dude, but Trenton Wofford. Yeah. I, I love him. And when he gets minutes, especially recently, he can be actually pretty productive. So like you said, if you know, he's moving people around, playing people that are playing hard, playing, you know, changing the roster up a little bit, as far as minutes wise, he could be a guy to look at, um, Obviously, yeah, for sure. It's, it's not like a no brainer. Like, here you go, drop the mic. This is your ad of the. Yeah, no, and, and again, <laughs> yeah. and again, the more that they lose, the more likely that these guys are going to emerge in fantasy. So yeah, uh, Sharp, Watford, um, even guys like Kid of Bates, Jop, yep. um, Lonnie Walker. Um, we mentioned DSJ. Uh, one guy who's only played three games, uh, Keon Johnson. Yep. Uh, for the longest time, he had a game right at the beginning of the year and um, he played really well. So he was he kept showing up in the um, season rankings. Uh, but he's another guy like all of these guys are just guys to kind of keep on your radar. Just keep a close eye on this team the next couple of weeks here with the coaching change and just see what happens. If they um, go on a winning streak, then I think they'll stick with their vets. But if they go on another losing streak and they get, you know, pretty much, you know, eliminated from any kind of play-in contention, I think they'll start shutting guys down or just flat out playing more of these, you know, under the radar, younger guys just to kind of get a look at them. No, completely agreed. And yeah, I don't think they, I think what you said, I think they will start getting separated from the pack there on that being in the, you know, that lower four or five teams of the Eastern conference that don't have a chance for the play in. And uh, so I think that hopefully the, those thoughts will, well, maybe not hopefully depending on who you're rostering, but um, those thoughts will come to fruition. And I would assume they, some of those names we just mentioned, you just mentioned uh, yeah. have have some impact. Yeah. Just keep a close eye on this whole team. Um, so yeah, we've had a lot of player movement because um, March 1st is the, is the deadline to have players, um, waived or released from their teams in order to still qualify for the playoffs, to still, you know, um, have the ability to sign with another team and be eligible to play in the playoffs. So um, we talked about how Marcus Morris is still with the Spurs, but he's expected to be uh, waived at some point here in the next week or so. Um, and then, you know, wind up going to a, a playoff team. But um, a team that you and I have talked a lot about, the Miami Heat, um, we weren't sure what moves they were going to make. Uh, well, they did make a move. They went out and got DeLon Wright. Um, he agreed to a buyout with the Wizards and then um, immediately signed with Miami for the rest of the season um, as soon as he cleared waivers. And this is a guy that, like, as soon as I saw that the Wizards were releasing him and that he was going to go to the Heat, I grabbed him right away in fantasy because I think he's going to have a lot of at least short-term value right now, because like we said, um, Jimmy Butler's been out. Terry Rozier's dealing with the sprain right knee, and he's still week to week. So, uh, and we talked about how they didn't make any trades. They really don't have a ton of depth. And, you know, you and I were talking about how we weren't sure if Miami was going to make any other moves. You know, we talked about their heat culture, but also that being kind of an ego thing and, mm -hmm. you know, well, they went out and they got DeLon Wright. And, and Wright's a guy that I think, especially in nine cat, he has a ton of value. You know, he, he does a lot across the board. He's a really good defensive guard. He gets a lot of steals and blocks. He's a high percentages guy. Um, not a big score. You know, he's not a guy that's going to get a lot of like 20 plus point games or anything like that. Uh, but he can get you double figures and, you know, he can hit a couple threes. But like I said, he's really big on defensive stats. He can rebound a little bit just does a little bit of everything across the board. So he's a guy I really like in nine cat. And like I said, I scooped him up immediately. Um, 
we talked about how Miami and Memphis only have one more game this yep. week. Yep. Um, so it's kind of tough. You know, I think if you're close enough to your fantasy playoffs and you're battling, you know, this is maybe a guy that you shouldn't just pick up and sit on. But if you're a team that's, you know, clearly in your playoffs, like you're comfortable, you've got a spot, uh, go ahead and add them. And let's just kind of see what happens here. Let's see what kind of injury updates we get on Butler and Rozier. And um, if anybody else, you know, goes down with anything, you know. So, yeah, I, I really like DeLon Wright. He's my top ad of the week this week. Um, Danilo Gallinari, he signed with the Milwaukee Bucks for the rest of the season. You know, that's just a solid move. You know, just get a veteran guy. Um, I still think they need to get a replacement for Robin Lopez, who they traded away. You know, I think they need a little bit more depth at center. Um, but Gallinari, at least he's another guy, you know, perimeter guy, guy in the front court, you know, veteran guy. He's been around. Uh, just think it's a good pickup. I think his days as a fan, as a fantasy player are probably over. Um, but in real life, you know, just a, a solid move for the, for the bucks. Um, Duop Reef for the Blazers. He got converted to a standard three-year contract with Portland. Um, and he's a guy that he's another guy that I would view as like a watch list guy because, you know, you and I have talked all about DeAndre Ayton and how we don't trust him. He's always hurt all the time. Anyways, he always sucks all the time and that team's going nowhere. He's a huge shutdown candidate. Their whole team, all their veteran guys are basically shutdown candidates from this point forward. So they're another team, just like Brooklyn. I think any of their young guys, you know, just put them on a watch list and be ready to pounce. If there's any kind of news of guys not playing and or completely being shut down. Yeah. De- DeAndre Ayton blows. And I may, I just, this came off the top of the head too. I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier, but we may have to name this episode DeAndre Hayton. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, former Thunder. He was converted to um, a standard two-year contract with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Lester Quinones was converted to a standard contract with the Golden State Warriors. And then another former Thunder, uh, a guy that I used to like a lot in fantasy, uh, Darius Baisley. He's back in the NBA. He signed a 10-day contract with the 76ers. Uh, Marcus Bolden signed a 10-day contract with the Hornets. DJ Carton signed a 10-day contract with the Toronto Raptors. And then last but not least, our boy, Justin Champagny. Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's back in the NBA. He signed a 10 day contract with the Wizards. Um, you know, that's a good move. Good pickup. You know, just give him a look. I would have liked to see the Spurs wave Marcus Morris and then sign Champagne with, to be with his brother. That would have been we cool. We thought that was going to happen. Like, yeah, it should have. Talk should have. And, and it still maybe could. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens with the next 10 day contract. But, uh, Speaking of the Spurs, I saw uh, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, no, I don't know, not an ambassador or whatever, but uh, I can't think of the right word right now. Maybe it is maybe ambassador is a good word, but for Louis Vuitton, so yeah, that's that's official now. But, Endorser, whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of the right word, but uh, whatever. It's ambassador. That's good. yeah. Those <laughs> those words. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's it for the player movement stuff. Um, as far as injuries go, there have not been a ton of updates. You know, you and I were talking off air about how it's been nice this week to just kind of sit back and chill and not have to worry about following all this news and stuff. You know, everybody's just kind of taking a break. All the beat writers and stuff, teams weren't really practicing too much. Um, they started getting back into practices and stuff this week, you know, of course, after all-star weekend, but um, yeah, not a ton of news here. So, um, just a few guys I wanted to spotlight, um, a guy that you and I both really like Aaron Neesmith for the Pacers. He's dealing right now with a sore right shin. Um, he did return to practice this week, but they said he was limited. Um, he had an MRI, but the results are unreported. So we don't really know. It sounds like he dodged a major bullet. It sounds like, um, it's not as severe as it looked like it could have been. Um, so right now I think I'm just going to call him day to day. Obviously if there's any kind of an update or anything, we'll pass it along. But, um, you and I both have him in fantasy. And Mm -hmm. so he's a guy that like right now, if you've got IL plus, just keep him on there. And 
If you don't have IL plus, um, I right now I'm just keeping him on my roster until there's an update. Um, if he does get ruled out for a series of games, you know, obviously you can throw him on an IL list, but otherwise um, I'm just going to hang on to him and we'll just kind of see what happens. Kind of crossing my fingers and hoping for the best there. Um, and then our, our Pistons, Isaiah Stewart, uh, we talked about how he's been out with a sprained left ankle. He was arrested after assaulting uh, Drew Eubanks of the Phoenix Suns uh, before the Pistons and the Suns played last week. And we have no idea what the hell is going to happen here. Um, he might get suspended. The league's, you know, doing a review, an investigation. Um, he has to go to court in Phoenix. So, um, yeah, not a good situation at all. Um, I think Stewart's a guy who, you know, they're saying as of right now, um, there is not any kind of a suspension. So he could come back and play at any time. You know, if his ankle's okay, um, he could wind up playing until um, an investigation's concluded and then, you know, they do announce any kind of a suspension or anything. But I thought that was the stupidest thing last year when they signed him. And then you explained it to me that, you yeah, know, we talked all about he's it. a guy that could be used on another team so they can move him, maybe whatnot. Um, they haven't done and that. They could have. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. And maybe should have. I'm know? sitting here thinking, like, I, I, this is just, I, I have no idea if this is the case, but. If he did get any type of legal trouble because of this, you know, assaulting of Drew Eubanks, I wonder if there's any way to get out of this thing and just cut our losses. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe it's possible. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, the Pistons, I don't think, are too worried either way. I mean, they don't have <laughs> – I don't think they're worried about anything. They're not because they suck. <laughs> they're, they're going nowhere this season. And also, but I was going to say, too, like financially, they're not really tied down right now. Um, they're going to be, you know, they're going to have to make decisions, obviously, on like Cade Cunningham, um, you know, and and a lot of their other younger players here. Um, But yeah, you know, right now, I mean, I think either way, they're going to just kind of wait and see what happens here. But in terms of fantasy, Stewart's a guy, you know, I don't really trust him. And, you know, I think the Pistons are another team that could easily just shut people down. I think if there's any kind of issue or anything, they just won't hesitate to not play these guys, you know, and Stewart's a guy, I think they could just, you know, regardless of if he gets suspended or not, if his ankle's not hundred percent, they're probably going to just sit him anyways and look at some of these other guys that they brought in. We talked about how the Pistons were the most active team, you know, last week at the trade deadline. So, um, you know, they got a lot of guys that they can look at and throw out there. And like I said, they're not competing for anything this season anyway. So um, if you have Stewart in fantasy, God help you. You know, I don't think he's a guy that's going to really help you going forward here. And then the other guy I wanted to mention was a guy that I brought up before, Patrick Williams of the Chicago Bulls. He's been out with a left ankle injury. And, um, you know, he was going to get reevaluated after the break. Well, he hasn't resumed running. So it sounds like he's still out indefinitely. They're going to take their time with him. Um, If you picked him up, you know, you can keep him on an IL spot. Uh, That's what I'm going to do, but I'm not as excited about him now as I was um, before the trade deadline. So um, he's a guy that like, if he comes back, they could put him out there if they decide to rest or shut down other like veteran guys, you know, guys like DeRozan or Vucevic or Drummond, Um, you know, but we'll have to see Um, just a guy to kind of, you know, keep in mind or like i said if you already have him if he's on if he's taking up an il spot if you can afford to stash him go for it but if you need to cut ties you're probably safe to do so they're going to take their time with him and they're another team not really competing for anything this year yeah they're almost almost the exact same spot as brooklyn right yeah pretty much (laughs) no way yep um and then as far as day-to-day goes um it's a very small list now because you know everybody's kind of in limbo here we're just kind of waiting to you know get back to you know starting games back up and playing again so just a a handful of guys here i wanted to mention uh lebron james tobias harris jaron jackson jr al horford kyle kuzma jalen suggs bradley beal and ben simmons they're all on my day-to-day list here and um you know We'll pass along any other updates on any of those guys. That's all I got, my brother. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as you mentioned, you know, some pickups and things like that, I think uh, 
I, I don't have anybody different than what we talked about last week. Everybody's still the same, but the, some a lot of these guys aren't even over fifty percent rostered in leagues. So they're depending on you know what league you're in or who you're playing with, the, uh, how deep your league is. And we always talk about that too. You know these guys might be available for possible streaming situations or, or even pickups for a short amount of time. But I just going from the top again. I mean, you mentioned Gigi Jackson and Memphis, yeah. and he's he's been on one again. Yeah, um, I, I was prepared to cut him for yeah. the break, but he's been so good, you know. And again, Memphis is another team. They only play one more time this week, but I'm not cutting him. I have JJJ, and I'm very worried of a shutdown with him, so I'm keeping Gigi Jackson as a handcuff. Agreed. And then also sticking on the. Um, I'm trying to pull up the stats real quick. You want me some money right before the break here. Um, <laughs> Zaire Williams had a great game right before yeah. the all-star break. Um, I don't know where he's owned or anything. Probably. I have him too. I mean, in the, in the league, the league I'm looking at that I'm in right now, not as deep. It's a, he's a free agent. So, um, he was, he was just, he was nothing short of amazing actually against yeah. Milwaukee the other day. Um, 27 yeah, he, points. He should not be sitting out there pretty much in any league, especially head to head. Like he yeah. should be owned. Um, there's another guy, since we're talking about the Grizzlies, there's another guy I want to mention here Jordan Goodwin. Uh, we talked about how mm-hmm. he's on a 10 day contract right now. Well, the Grizzlies are running out of bodies at point guard. Um, Scotty Pippen Jr., he is out indefinitely he's out several weeks he's dealing with an injury and um he's on a two-way deal so i don't know what's going to happen with him he might get released um another guy who's on their team right now on a two-way deal is jacob gilliard um his contract is essentially about to expire with two-way contracts they're only allowed a certain amount of games to play in the NBA before they have to go back to the G league. And um, he's only got a couple games left. So they're just running out of bodies right now, at point guard. So I think um, we need to really pay attention to this situation and see what happens here. Um, so what they could do is they could, you know, release Goodwin, and then they could like give Gilliard a standard contract if they wanted to, um, or they could, keep Gilliard on his two-way and keep letting Goodwin play, you know, give him another 10-day contract or sign him for the rest of the season. But either way, if as long as he's on the roster and the situation is what it is right now, obviously they have all their injuries. John Morant, Marcus Smart, those guys are all out. Uh, Derek Rose, you can't count on him. So I think Goodwin's a guy, like, uh, if you're in a deeper league, I, I would almost call him a must-own. But at the very least, he should be on all watch lists. And we need to see here in the next few days what happens with this situation. Amen. And speaking of amen, Amon Thompson uh, yes. of the Thompson Twins still, like you said, you have them, You have both of them rostered, I believe you said. Um, I do. And, yeah, he's just doing Thompson twin things. Hold um, me now. <laughs> exactly. So he continues to be there. So if for some odd reason he's not rostered, he's there kicking butt. We talked about Marvin Bagley last week too. He's still putting up decent numbers, even though we thought maybe they might fall off a little bit. Um, I mean, they're not extravagant, like, uh, you know, must have, but you, you got a game time decision or some guy that doesn't play one day, throw him on the aisle plus pick up Bagley. If you need some boards, you know, double doubles, basically some high percentage shots. Yeah. Like Um, I said, we talked about him last week. I don't think he's a must own guy, but I do think he's definitely a guy you can use in DFS and definitely a guy you can stream. Like you said, if you need another big guy and he's playing. And like you said, if you're in a, especially if you're in a league that has like IL plus, you know, and it's a lot easier to just throw a questionable guy on there so that you can pick someone else up and stream them. Bagley's one of those guys you can do that with. Exactly. Uh, we mentioned Trey Mann. Once he got to Charlotte, he's been pretty good. Yes. Um, uh, so, yeah, he's out there and available. Definitely yeah. pick him up. He's also great for betting right now because the books really don't know yep. how to set some lines on him, Yeah. Uh, which is fantastic. Another guy I mentioned last week, speculative again, Andrew Wiggins. I thought he was starting to get hot, and he's been rather consistent over the last you know two weeks yeah, or so. Yeah, Golden State needs him. You know, they're going yep. for it, so – so I've I've seen him available lots of places. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, you could do much worse um, than For the sure. numbers that he's putting up. And then I also just wanted to mention, since I am a betting man, Taj Gibson's 10-day contract did expire <laughs> overnight <laughs> on the 20th. Yeah. So uh, I was correct there. But, yeah. Now, so they could at any time bring him back again, but if they do, it has to be for the rest of the season. So correct. if, um, you know, Mitch Rob has a setback, you know, trying to get back here. Or, or even if, Hartenstein. I was about to say if Hartenstein yeah. goes down with an injury or Precious Achua, who I'm not sure what his role is going to be now because the rest of their guys are all coming back. So, um, you know, except for OG Ananobi, uh, we talked about this off air, but, it sounds like OG might not be back anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so Precious Achua, you know, we talked about him last week and about how hot he's been. Um, you and I both own him as well, and I'm hanging on to him. I'm just going to kind of see how he does the rest of this week, and then I'll kind of reassess that. Yeah, I, I literally, because I have Hartenstein sitting on my IL Plus, and, or maybe even on the IL. I, I, I don't know where he's at right now. Probably IL Plus. Um, and like you said, I have Achua and once Hartenstein comes back, I am, I'm leaving him there. I'm not bringing him back into my roster yet until I see a couple games and then I'll, I'll go from there. But like if right off the bat, you know, all of a sudden a Chua first game or two is almost irrelevant. Hartenstein's, you know, picking up where he left off. Yeah. I'll, I'll drop him. And yeah. I think off. a lot of Achua's minutes have come from the absence of OG on an uh, But now that, um, you know, all of their other like perimeter guys are coming back here. Um, Dante DiVincenzo, Boyan Bogdanovich, who they got from our Pistons. Um, you know, those guys are all probable now. So they're all back. And yeah, it's a pretty, you know, pretty packed rotation there. So yeah, um, yeah I'm not sure how the minutes are going to go. But like you said, just hang on to them. Let's see what happens. Let's see how it shakes out and then kind of reassess from there. And actually, what you said, that's the other reason I'm actually pretty high on the Knicks this year to come out of the East because. They are. They have a, a full rotation. They've got a lot of depth. Yeah. Julius Randle, too, is still out. So Yeah, exactly. Like, I, so the, I almost completely forgot about him. Yeah. These guys are all options in fantasy right now. And let's just see how these next couple games go. Um, Precious Achua, he's kind of the first guy that I think could wind up being a drop. But, you know, again, like we said, we got to wait and see. Let's see how the minutes yeah. and the production go here this next week or so. It's and just then, a, it's an interesting time of the season because you're like, you know, like we keep saying, you're right before playoffs, depending yeah. on when your playoffs are. Yep. And a lot of the time, I feel like a lot of teams are, I mean, depending on how many, you know, teams make your playoffs and all that stuff, you're probably pretty set into where you're at with your playoffs. And I don't, yeah. I'm not a big believer in like having to change seeds or, you know, going to chase for something. I think like, like any playoffs in real life, you just make the playoffs wherever you're at, and then you go win after that. That's what I you got to do. Yeah, you know, because you're and you're going to have to face the best at some point. And, you know, things change on a dime, you know. So yeah. We've talked all about it in fantasy hoops. You got to stay on top of everything. That's why this break's been so nice, you know, yeah. because <laughs> it gives you a little breather here. But, yeah, now we're getting to the point where, like, you have to really be on top of things because, you know, anybody can get hurt at any time. Like we said, we've still got, you know, the cutoff is March 1st for guys to get released. That could impact certain teams. You know, we talked about teams like the Brooklyn Nets. You know, they've got a new coach, and, and he's talking yeah. about making changes to the rotation. we got to see if that's true or not. Um, you know, we've got teams like the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers, who we said, like, they're going nowhere, and they can start pulling, you know, their veterans. Some of them have already. Um, so, yeah, we just need to stay on top of all this stuff. But yeah, I think you hold on to as many people on your roster as you can and just watch because most people, like like I said, like me, I can pretty much lose seven to two for the next three weeks and still be in the playoffs. And that's yeah, all that same really here. matters. Same so here. Yeah, exactly. Not, we're 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 making the long term play exactly rather than the short term. And that's so that's much, why yeah, yeah, I just wanted to mention one more time, Delon Wright. Um, you know, he only goes one more time this week, but um I picked him up right away. I'm gonna hang on to him until we get an update on um, like I said, Jimmy Butler, Terry Rozier, um, you know, and the rest of their team. But I think DeLon Wright, as long as Rozier's out, I think DeLon Wright has a good chance to either start at point guard or get um, consistent minutes off the bench. And in fantasy, especially in nine cat, like I said, he's a traditionally solid, versatile nine category guy. Nope. I completely agree. I definitely think he can start in like a Kyle Lowry type position that, 
just was vacated. better defensively. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and take more shots. Way better. Yep. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Just be more productive as far as nine cats concerned, that's for sure. Time to go, Merlin. So yeah, I think that covers it here. Uh for episode thirty six, season two. Um hopefully you enjoyed this week as much as you do every week. Um again, we always stress if you haven't left a review or give give us some uh ratings on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to us, we would appreciate if you do that. Um but yeah, you can find us every week streaming giving you updates on nba and fantasy basketball and WNBA. don't forget them so yeah yes, check sir. us out on twitter uh, or x at menace podman and uh we will talk to you next week thanks guys Hey, it's Scott from Menace Podman, and if you love sports and you're a somewhat low-key gambling degenerate like I am, you should definitely check out Outlier.bet. They have a super easy-to-use platform um, supported on both mobile and desktop sites, um, and it really allows you to crunch the numbers and make you get some confidence in the bets that you're making. Um, You can do multiple things um, on Outlier. Uh, You can explore across multiple markets. Uh, you can get suggestions on and curated picks. Um, you can analyze trends, matchup data, line movement. And my favorite feature, um, Outlier is integrated with multiple betting sites. So you can seamlessly transfer your picks to automatically fill out your bet slips um, with just as easy as two clicks. Um, so there's a link directly in the show notes to Outlier. You should check them out. Um, click on the link, go to the site, sign up, get a free seven-day trial of Outlier, and go win some money. And Miss Parliament.